0: Hello and welcome to the Paddle School Podcast. Your host and paddle coach, Sandy here. Each episode, I will share with you my paddle coaching experience, bringing you top tips, latest news from around the world, and interviewing some of the leaders in the industry, and all to help you play your best paddle. So let's not waste any more time, get comfortable, and enjoy the episode. So Tom, back on the podcast couch again, and I think today uh, it would be great to discuss... Your training trip in Madrid, um, I think it's always really interesting. I, I love having these conversations with you when you've come back from one of these trips because, you know, I, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm living through your experiences um, in these academies. But it's always interesting to hear your comparison, I think, between professional tennis and playing to that level and training at that level and then almost comparing that to your, your journey in paddle. Um, so we actually haven't talked about your your latest trip there so this is uh you know this is straight straight from the horse's mouth as it were um so yeah Tom I mean you've you've been there you were there now for I think what two and a half weeks something like that and um you go and train a diagonal Diagonal Paddle Academy in in Madrid um with Juan Maran and you've been there a few trips now so i mean just take us back to when you first went there from your last trip from the uk because obviously in the uk we don't get the chance to play um a with a high level of player or or b often or or c in good conditions (laughs) yeah so it's a bit difficult in the uk but um you know what was it like what were your your first couple of couple of days like when you got to the academy and and how did you find that almost adapting initially i first went there several months ago didn't i that was that was the first time i went to diagonal and
1: it was it was a bit of an eye opening experience mainly for the the depth of players that they have there when when we're in the UK there's few people that you and i can really play competitive matches against i think whereas i went over there and i was just amazed really of, you know i went to this academy and you know i turned up on day 1 and there were 25 players that i thought wow these are these are serious players and i, I mean this is a pro academy as well these guys are playing on the world paddle tour they're playing high national tournaments. some of them i'm sure are playing for for their country as well so it, it is you know being thrown in the deep end of that but yeah the first couple of days i went there that was several months ago it it was a bit of a shock to the system um but looking looking back now and i you know looking ahead i've just come back two weeks i think that it's been it's been a great chance for me to train again and to see that progression that i made i think I've made such a huge progression. Each time I go there, I go there for a couple of weeks, come back again, go there again. And, you know, physically being able to deal with the training is hard, intense training. Four hours a day, two, two hour sessions,
0: isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. And I'm always a bit worried before I go there because, you know, what it's like when we come back here, we 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 train sporadically. So we might play a match. But then we might not play for five days, or or we might not train. And so when I go over there and it's suddenly thrown into four hours a day, I'm always a bit, I'm a bit concerned that I might pick up a niggle because it is just such a, a shock to the system. But you know, so so far it was it was good. But no, the the training is is really really good and being able to immerse yourself there for two weeks at a time and just get a high volume of training with very very good players, knowledgeable coaches. It's yeah, I always come back kind of invigorated and um my level is
0: noticeably noticeably better. I mean we know that Juan Mar and, and Diagonal have, have have good coaches. Um because a lot of players ask us, oh well, we really need to go to Spain and and um go to an academy and, and improve our level. And I think the biggest reason for players to go to, to Spain would be the num- the volume of players, right? The, the the just the sheer number of good players. You can find good coaches. I don't think, you know, I think it's not easy to find good coaches in Spain, but I think, and you can find them. And so if you've got a combination like this, where you've got lots of good players, you've got good coaching. I mean, it's the right environment to improve. And I think one of the great things about having so many players is that there's all slightly different styles of play. So not only are you honing your game, but you're also seeing how everyone plays it slightly differently and how you can adapt your game and things you need to notice and I mean even though you've obviously doing those sessions probably with the same group you're playing with lots of different players in those sessions I imagine
1: yeah it's it's a great experience to be able to when I go to these sessions sometimes I'm playing with the best junior players in Spain and you know they're 18 but they're very very good and sometimes I play with world paddle tour players you know they're they're playing on the circuit they're they're playing the best players in the world so having that combination of of playing everyone that's what I really love about diagonal paddle academy as well but also paddle in general I think is there's an openness to everyone playing you know at, at, at different levels it sounds silly but in tennis you know to be able to go to an academy and and play with some of the top players in academy just just wouldn't happen you know you wouldn't have access but here and I actually wanted to ask you that. Do you think that is something quite specific to Paddle? or do you think that that's just you know is that a part of the Spanish culture, which is quite welcoming and then, you know there's more of a community feel? But yeah, my experience of tennis was you know if I went to an academy as a, as an aspiring player as a player that was trying to improve, for me to access those top players would be impossible. There's there's no way that I'll be able to play with them. But you know when I went to Diagonal, I'm I'm able to play
0: with some top players and I am just feel grateful that I can do that yeah I mean it's funny hearing you say that given that you've been a hitting partner for Federer Djokovic <laughs> yeah and, but but I know what you mean it, those, those were almost separate occasions in that that was tournament so are one-off yeah yeah, yeah. and you, because you played such a high level and they needed hitting partners for that tournament you just you kind of fitted in for them Um, whereas this is like, I saw you, you trained with Alamandi, you trained with Salingo, um, you know, and and I think, I think it is partly is like paddle, the, the Argentinian, the Spanish community, they are very welcoming. The players are accessible. Um, I think it is also partly the, the sport is, is maybe not as professional or mainstream as, as tennis, for example, you know? And so I remember when I was learning, like, I, I managed to spend, like, a week with, like, Lima and Bella, like, training with them and, and spending time with their coach. And I just, at the time, I just thought, God, is, there's no way I'd be able to do this in any other sport. And I think it's just... It was almost the stage of the sport, but it is definitely the, the players. I mean, once you get to know the players, they are so welcoming, all of them. Like, they're brilliant. I mean, really, like, I know that a lot of them, their English might not be up to scratch, but they always do their best to to try and help they're always there to to try and guide you in a sport you you feel that they're still so passionate about the sport themselves and so um i do think that that is it is paddle specific and I, and I think even when the game gets more professional i think people will be like that in paddle like they've you know clubs are are generally more community based aren't they and so um i think you know this is is one of the great things and and you can go to you know many many clubs in in Madrid or Barcelona, and I'm sure it's the same in in South America and Argentina, where you've got on the core next year, you've got pros training properly with their coaches, and 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 they enjoy being part of that community. And I think uh, I think it will always be like that, or at least I hope so. Anyway,
1: oh yeah, I really hope so because it is such a such a welcoming experience and. I actually mentioned this in in one of the blogs that we have a blog section on our website, don't we? Mm-hmm. ThePaddleSchool dot com, and one of the blogs that I actually wrote about my Madrid training was the fact that what's so great about the training there is we play lots of practice matches and it's competitive and everyone wants to win and you know these guys are professional players so they are training for pro tournaments for their living and but still there's this element of you play a match. You compete hard, you want to win, but afterwards everyone you know genuinely comes together, has lunch together, there's a really positive vibe and a positive spirit, and then they go out again and they play again and it, it's just a it's a real family vibe and again I, I feel like I'm sort of putting tennis into the negative spotlight here, but it was it's just such a stark contrast to tennis when I was playing professionally there, which is it's such a doggy dog world you know you're competing against other people it's you know, really if someone else is doing
0: better, you know, that's putting you down and and you know, it's 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 very lonely. It was a very lonely, wasn't it, tennis, the the environment of travelling? And I think and I don't think federations or or, you know, governing bodies particularly help that in tennis. Um I think we're in a fortunate position now in paddle where the sport is growing itself. And and actually it's funny you you know, you're we're talking here about diagonal we're talking about the pros, we're talking about uh a facility that that actually really is essentially a warehouse with some courts in it, right? It, I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's not necessarily more glamorous than that, but it's just the the people and the way it's approached. And so this is always something that we discuss with the clubs that we work with. When we go and we we run open days or clinics or, or even work with their coaches, it's, you know, these new clubs in new countries, understanding that community and that family feel and, and that atmosphere of everyone being in it together is is a really important part. I mean, we obviously do this with our community, right, for the Paddle School. The idea is that we're trying to build this into a really supportive, comfortable community where anyone can send videos, they can ask questions, they feel comfortable. But that's really, if you want to succeed as a club, that is the atmosphere that you need to create. And these guys are creating it at the pro level, but it should be absolutely the same at recreational level, at beginner level. You don't want someone to be intimidated to go on court because there's good players on the next court you want them to be you know immediately welcomed into a family
1: yeah and if you look at the club where Diagonal is there's a, there's a pro academy but there's also a, another part of the club which is just for recreational players and even that part has got an amazing community there's now they've built a new warehouse for Diagonal so there's four courts that they use specifically for the academy so that was that was a new thing since I last had been there they built these four new courts high ceiling Really, really nice. As you say, it's in a warehouse, but it was done really nicely. And the second half of the club is now f- just for recreational players. But all those courts are so busy; they've got social tournaments going on. So this this club in Madrid—they've done so well at building communities, even within the club.
0: Mm, yeah, and I think let's let's just steer this back towards your game and and um, how you've improved. Because I, I mean, I completely agree with you like that that community atmosphere is 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 super and and actually it it makes you feel more comfortable with your learning it makes you feel less pressure if you make mistakes and 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 actually i think you know we're talking about the, the our challenge um for our members in the november month is is consistency and and us having played since you've been back as uh, you know there's been a significant improvement in your consistency and I think part of that is is probably volume of you know just the amount you've played at a good level, but also I think part of it is um, reading of the game and and anticipation and understanding you know when you get into certain game situations what are the patterns of play and how you should respond. So how much of that do you think is 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 tactical, and how much of that do you think is is just pure training? It's interesting the the volume side of it
1: because. We we actually did a recent podcast, didn't we, on on consistency and for me volume volume is key, but it's also the approach that you have to your training because you could do six hours a day training, but if you if you don't have the right focus and you're not focusing on the right things and you're not you don't have that that right application, well, one, you won't improve as fast. But also I I don't think that you you'll get the benefit of that consistency. I think something that I did so well or learned so much from tennis was having having that focus in training really does mean that you you improve faster yes I was doing four hours a day in in diagonal but I was really trying to make an effort even when I was really really tired. was to every single session bring a hundred percent concentration on what I was trying to improve and I think over time you don't really see it at first but after a week after 10 days you start thinking oh actually I'm I'm now making a lot more balls. I'm not missing as many balls as I, as I was doing. And, and you get yourself into match situations and you start realizing actually, you know, I, I didn't miss a return. You know, I haven't missed a return this, this game, whereas at the start of the block, I haven't. I think so much of that is, yes, it's volume, but it's, it's also the quality of the volume.
0: So before we continue this conversation, let's hear from some of our members. So I'm quite new to paddle. Started back in um, sort of January time. But um, what has been really uh, key, I think, is having those lessons, along with then following up online and watching the paddle school videos, which are really informative and break everything down. So all I would say is take up the sport and and tune into the paddle school because they are absolutely brilliant.
1: The paddle school is one of the one of the best paddle channels, and in Poland, in the the country I come from, it's one of the most popular channels because of the of the manner, how Sandy and the guys explain
0: everything, then we are so happy and grateful to, uh, to have access to all the platforms of uh, the public school. And now let's get back to the conversation. It's interesting you talk about consistency and, and volume, and I think this is often a, a myth or a misconception with retro, recreational players in that they think the more they play, the better they will get. And I think initially when they start they improve and they they increase in level but they reach a plateau because that is their mentality and 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 so if they're not if they're thinking quantity over quality then um you know they will always reach a limit and so it's interesting isn't it we're always explaining to our members that look you need to focus on you know one or two really important things to get you to that next level And, and that's exactly what your training is and now obviously you have a coach there when you're doing your training in Madrid and when we're in person with our students it's great because we can constantly um you know be reminding them but even for recreational players that don't necessarily have access to this it's almost you know always think of quality and and really specific practice above just going out there and playing lots and lots of matches. One discussion that I had over there
1: which I thought was was really interesting and it's something that we've touched upon but when i had this discussion it really brought it into light for me was a lot of the training that we did out there it's game based you know we're at a level now with with the professional players where there there's minor technical work to be done so we do do the odd technical session but a lot of it is game based situations and with my background from tennis i i discussed this with Juan Mar you know the head coach of why why they choose to do so, so much game based work and i think the interesting difference between paddle and tennis is tennis is obviously a very technical sport so if you have a better technique than the other player I mean most of the time you you will be a better player obviously there's the physical there's the mental there's there's other aspects but if you have bad technique in tennis for example you almost cannot get to a certain level but when it comes to paddle there are so many there's so many variations on the court when it comes to the glass, when it comes to the wall, and so much training is actually around dealing with situations with 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 balls coming off the cage, and it's very difficult to train that. Technically, mm-hmm. you you have to you have to do that in game based situations, and so I thought that was a really interesting discussion that I had because in my experience of tennis, it, you know, a lot of it is basket training, and a lot of it is you know working on basic tactics, and you play games, but so much of paddle is game based because. There are just so many variables. It's not a tactically simple sport. You have to learn how to deal with a ball coming off the cage, you know, jumping towards your feet. Having to deal with that, you can't
0: really train that, you know, from baskets. You have to deal with it in a game-based situation. I mean, and and this is exactly why the work we do with coaching and 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 helping coaches is game-based. You know, for, for exactly that reason, and that's why. When we do our training, yes, sometimes we use baskets, but but generally, um, you know, it's almost always game first, you know, and, and doing that training. And I think that's something that will help players to to think that, you know, right, game situation is important. And, and you know, look, we, we have so many conversations around even just court position and, you know, the, the first shots in the point, but also for coaches, understanding that it is game first. Because we're getting a lot of coaches now from, from tennis and from squash and other sports. And so, um, you know, that's a really, really good way that they can improve their coaching is by maintaining that it comes from the game. Yeah. And
1: I played with a lot of top players, like you were saying, and that was a really great experience. And I actually remember calling you after one of the sessions and I remember you saying to me, what's the biggest thing you noticed about some of these players? And the biggest thing I noticed was their decision-making it's just that much quicker they they hit the ball and they instantly start moving and it's it's probably only a split second you wouldn't notice it if you didn't really look out for it but they're they're able to hit and move and read the game just that bit quicker than you and so sometimes you'll be playing the ball and you think oh you know they they seem lightning fast but they're actually this anticipation and reading the game that is so so good at the highest levels
0: yeah I, I was super impressed with that when, whenever I've Train with these guys or I played exhibition games with them and th- the way they read the game is is phenomenal and and you know we're, we're not expecting our our members or our players to necessarily read at that level but you've got to start reading game situations in order to improve and and that's you know one thing is we're always trying to get our players to avoid ball watching right because that's the the big problem as at a beginner level is is you know watch the ball hit and then watch the ball and and hit your serve and watch where it goes and 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 I mean they're doing that to an extreme level and I think that is a a huge part of it right and it, it, that's where the game is similar to chess they're they're moving one piece and thinking three or four shots ahead and you know you and I just they do that that bit faster than us and and therefore they're that bit that bit better positions in a point and therefore they win the point you know and, 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 and recreational
1: players almost they're, they're not doing anything different to us you know we might ball watch slightly longer than pro players but recreational players might ball watch slightly longer than us so it's it's interesting when we talk to players about ball watching i think they feel like it's a very beginner mistake but actually it's 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 something that is just in different degrees as you go up the level if i think about my training there i I felt like compared to those really top guys that I was probably ball watching too long, you know, even if it was half a second slower than them, that still was enough to put me at a disadvantage.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it's, we say ball watching, but it's almost a processing speed, isn't it? It's a processing of the point, processing of my shot, of the visual cues. It's why, you know, in, in tennis, you got players returning, you know, 130 mile an hour serves because they're, their reading of the visual cues is, is that much better and it, i mean it's the same in any sport right so um and and it comes through training and and this time you know you're reading the game that much better than last time and and previously you know the same on the time before and and it's it's just you know constant growth and, and i know obviously you're really enjoying that training over there and and it's great you know having you come back maybe not great for my confidence having you come back each time a little bit better but um yeah no I mean it's it's fantastic and and I think it's it's such a great experience and really you can only recommend it to people can't you not necessarily going to that academy in Madrid but just generally you know focusing on their game having some intense training actually that's really why we set up the holidays in the first place wasn't it so that people could come for four days with us and they spend two hours in the morning two hours in the afternoon we get to fully dedicate our time as coaches to their game. There's no time for them to get into bad habits during those days. And and by the end of the trip, they are seeing a marked difference in consistency, technique, tactics, understanding of the game. And, you know, they go up levels just in that short space of time. So you can see how that kind of intense training works. Yeah, it's focused training. You, you'll be amazed how much you can
1: transform your game. When you have that intense training, good players, good coaching, you can just make massive jumps in your level in, in a short amount of time. So absolutely love going there. As I said, written a blog on the com about it if you want to check that out. And
0: And I'm sure there's also an entertaining vlog coming out as well, isn't there? Oh, I don't spoil it.
1: <laughs> yeah, then no, there, there's there's a vlog as well that will be coming out. And yeah, so go and check both of those out. But as as I said, highly, highly recommend training in Spain. I think like we've always talked about you know there are certain places to go and you know not not every place in spain necessarily is 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 a world class coaching facility so you have to you have to do your homework and and get recommendations but really really encourage players out there if they do get a chance to train and and do that focused training you can make such a big jump in your in, in your
0: game yeah And i think if you enjoy kind of listening to this and you enjoy watching the the journey and you know whether it's tom's journey or when i train i mean we we update a lot of the groups, don't we on our on our private members group we we update and you're constantly putting videos up there of your training and, and things like that and so um you know the paddleschool.com would be where you can go to to go and check that out we've got a free trial at the moment so and um, you can go and see all of our tutorials our courses our roadmaps and um, as well as our shop fixer section and you can follow along um, with our journeys sandy Until next time, until next time, let's get you training. I need to get training.